Welcome to the Saturate Podcast. I'm Brad Watson, and this is part four of our series on everyday disciples living ordinary lives with gospel intentionality. In this series, we're interviewing disciples from across Soma, Los Angeles. These disciples are a lot like you. They have dreams, passions, jobs, responsibilities, and the powerful calling to be sons and daughters of God, to live life on life, life in community, and life in mission in all the places that God has put them. In each episode, we're going to be talking to disciples in a unique vocation or role or circumstance. Our hope is this will be incredibly encouraging to you, that you'll grow in your appreciation for the diversity of disciples and where God's placed people, but also that you'll know how to encourage others in your community, and that you'll be inspired, that you'll see yourself in their stories, that you'll know that whatever circumstance God has placed you in, he will be reminding you of the gospel, your identity, and he will be calling you into his mission in all the ordinary, mundane stuff of life. Today's episode is about families with special needs children, and I'm going to be talking with Andrew and Katie, who have two beautiful boys, Max and Jack. Jack, their younger son, has special needs, as they'll share more about that story in our conversation. These are normal people, and this is their story. Let's dive in. This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing and living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, we want to, yeah, also, you know, talk about your story, your family, your missional community, all of that stuff. With, while we're doing this series, one of the things we want to do is have people share their story just off the bat, have people get to understand you, your world, your life. Uh, and then that'll make the rest of the conversation easier to grab onto. So yeah, maybe we can start by sharing from marriage till, I don't know, till today. That's only 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Andrew and I met in college and graduated and got married uh, in Texas. And then we moved to LA. This was 12, a little over 12 years ago. And we moved because we had uh, jobs out here. And we've pretty much stayed in this area for the past 12 years. So we've kind of built a community. Um, since then, we've had two boys. Um, we have a seven-year-old and a almost six-year-old. You lived here for six years, five years before you started having children. Yes. We were out here for five years. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Both, One of, both had jobs. Dual income, no kids. We were living large. Yeah. Having lots of fun. Yeah. See, that's the legend I always hear. Yeah. People are always like, well, you should have seen how selfish they used to be. Yeah. I know. The compare and contrast is way more drastic if you know that before. We, yeah, we like would rock climb and competitive sail and travel all the time and throw big parties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of fun. Yep. But you're still having fun. Yes. We still throw parties. We still throw we parties. Still throw and still sail. Occasionally sail. Yeah. Not rock climbing. And occasionally oh, rock climbing. Oh, we, we started no. rock climbing again. Yeah. But it looks different. So tell us about your boys. We have Max, who's a second grader, and he is really funny. I feel like, I don't know if it's nature versus nurture, but like he's already basically a little engineer, too. And um, we have Jack, who is our six, almost six-year-old, who has uh, very severe disabilities, and he is like the happiest, sweetest little boy you'll ever meet. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Max is now, uh, he's always been very energetic, um, very full of life and, and looking for stuff to do. Uh, it keeps us very busy. And uh, I always have bruises on me from uh, you know, tackling, wrestling, playing, uh, roughhousing. He loves that. You know, Jack is, uh, is is full of life also, mm-hmm. but in vastly different ways. Mm-hmm. We wrestle, but he, he loves like cuddle time and mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and rolling around and all. But mm-hmm. yeah, he likes crazy. Like he loves roller. Jack loves roller coasters and riding Motion. horses and. Like he likes to be wild and crazy. So as much as his like body will let him do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He loves it. Eats it up. Mm-hmm. So having both the boys, but in particular, Jack changes your life quite a bit, probably from yeah. what you envision your whole life being like. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, just dramatically. So Jack is in a wheelchair and has a lot of medical issues as well. And so um, the life we had before the sailing and rippling and hiking and traveling it's really tough. Uh, you, you know, you have to like really try hard to find things that are me, like are wheelchair friendly. Um, it's yeah, it, everything changed. Um, but you know, it's really interesting. Like, yeah, it's, it's different, but like you can find ways to do those things. It's just, you have to be more creative, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, just like how we care for him, where we spend our time, just like the yeah, knowing too that we will always uh, have him in our home. We'll always care be a caregiver. That mm-hmm. we yeah, that we won't we won't have like a really a time that he could probably live independently. That's like a big change. Yeah, I know for you, like a lot of activities that you do with your boys, yeah, you just uh, can't do. I mean, we had. Uh... We had these uh, pre-kid arguments that she thought we were going to have all girls and I thought we were going to have all boys. So I won. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) right. Like uh, the things you envision with doing with your kids. And then um, basically like you can't define who your kids are. Like who are we to say, Oh yeah, my kid's going to be a all-star soccer uh, athlete. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you're going to get the biggest nerd ever. Um, (laughs) But but like I really one little thing like like uh, I love camping we we all love camping yeah. together yeah um, but I would love to just disappear into the mountains for mm-hmm. days on end you can't go backpacking uh, yeah you can't really uh, carry a kid who can't walk uh, too far into nature right um, especially if we're also little things like at, at elevation you might not breathe the best we need to be able to Get back to a hospital. Keep him safe. We have to think about like it's a but yeah. So, so we still go camping, but we'll go camping at a place where we can uh, literally call nine one one, right, and get a paramedic, which has happened, mm-hmm. uh, and then drive that night uh, back to uh, relative safely. Yeah. And I think like the cool thing is like in the beginning, it was really really hard, like going through the diagnosis and like envisioning all those things that you had dreamed of and, mm-hmm. and like that shattering kind of of that but like being six years into it now like god has totally changed the way we see that and like i i don't feel that like sadness or disappointment i just see like what we can do mm-hmm. which is like a, a huge gift from god that like we can not like just focus on or missing out but focus on what we have so so i would say like it's gotten a lot better as he gets older. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And we just see how like great he is too. That helps. So yeah. 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 There's definitely a lot of initial grief in losing those concepts of what you had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a death in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you have to grieve that. But. Right. Yeah. And then too, one of the things that I've heard and learned is families with children who have disabilities are some of the most like isolated people yes. in the world. It's and then, super yeah. isolating. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that plays into this idea of like community because it right. is very isolating. One, a lot of people have kids who have issues where they it's behaviors just where they can't be around other kids. Right. You have these barriers too. You you have in your head like oh, well, people don't want to be around us because we're different and they don't have to explain to their kids. Or, oh, in L.A., a lot of people's houses have lots of stairs. We can't even get in their house, you Mm -hmm. know? You know, adults too, a lot of adults who haven't really been around special needs just get really awkward or Mm -hmm. like can just have like misunderstanding. So, um, and I think it's easy too when you're a caregiver and you're, I don't sleep much because of his insomnia and I'm kind of in the trenches, it's easy to feel kind of like, resentful too of like well these people don't know how good they have it i don't even want to be around them because they're complaining about stuff that's <laughs> nonsense and i'm like okay your kid's alive like relax you know right. and, um, and i realize people don't want to really be around me either if i'm like that uh, jump on your soapbox i don't really like win <laughs> friends and influence people with that attitude <laughs> like- uh, yeah but um no it, it can feel because you're like wow like no one really knows like what my life is like. And um, yeah, you can feel very isolated, which it, is why it's really. It's fundamental is you just right. not getting good sleep and you just wake right. up feeling bad. Like yeah. the, mm-hmm. the days we wake up and we debate if we're sick or tired. Just is usually right. tired. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So you don't have- I've recently not debated that in the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah which, oh, I'm just certain I'm tired. And then you feel right. like you don't have energy to put into like, mm-hmm. you know, friendships. And then too, like just your physical, like it's physically exhausting caring for him when he's, you know, I have to carry him. He can't move. And so my body's just beat up all the time too. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired. So it's easy to want to just be a hermit and be alone. <laughs> right. We also have a kid who um, it's abundantly obvious physically that something's amiss or something's right. not typical with him because he's in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. We're pushing him around. Yeah, that's um, nice because when he was just in a stroller, everyone would tell me, you need to get that kid a nap. He looks so tired. And I got so much judgment of like, just let your oh, kid man. sleep. So yeah. at least the wheelchair helps a lot. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or and he like, started getting no, a little bigger. Now yeah. you feel bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> a little bigger and we're pushing around on a stroller and people are like, that kid should be walking. I right. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks. He's so yeah, lazy. That would be lovely. You're like, oh, you're going to feel really bad when I tell you. Be, yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, on the isolation thing, our, our, we, we we get him out. We're around and we always remark it, or it's very rare to meet other families in any like-minded. With people in wheelchairs. Right. Disabilities. Yeah. So it's not like there's a thriving community. We just jump in and mm-hmm. like we all just, this, like support groups, like you yeah. know, Alcohol Anonymous, where it's like, oh, wait, you know, half of my neighbors are alcoholics, too. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of it is, too, going out with him is a lot more energy just to do it. So I think it's that helps having another kid is, like, we have to, like, get out. And so mm-hmm. that kind of, like, forces us in some ways. But And, too, you get tired of telling people your life story. You know, like, mm-hmm. you just get asked all the time, like, well, what's wrong with him? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and you're like, okay, I'm... You're, hey, guy at CBS, I'm not going to see you again. I don't know if I really want to 
special as that. Yeah. But you can feel like a poster child of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is more isolating, getting like elevated. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even so, I wanted to have this conversation on the podcast, but I asked you about a different topic first. Just because I was like, oh, I don't want to be that guy who's like, hey, tell me your story yeah. about, you know, being a family with special needs. Yeah. But then you guys offered. So then I, I oh. felt less bad. Oh, you nice. know what I mean? Okay. So you thought about that and then you were. I thought about it. And then I was like, oh, no, I don't know. Like their lives are so in your because you have so many dimensions to your life. Yeah. And your identity as well. You know, that's one thing is. I try to tell anyone who will listen to because like I realize so much about what we've been through and like what God's done is like, it's God's story and not ours. And so we should be telling it as mm-hmm. much as we can. Cause like it really, it's really just like a reflection on him. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad we have this opportunity. Yeah. yeah. How, how have you seen it be God's story? Right. You Google disability Bible, something you quickly come up with like a bullet list of, of mm-hmm. verses um, that all speak to um, different ways Jesus interacted with disabled or the disciples or God talking about um, using us as, as appendages or mm-hmm. him making people mute for his own purposes. One big thing I, that I have seen with Jack is how, he, how God has used Jack to change me. Mm-hmm. Just going from, uh, I used to be someone who, despised or cringed at might be a better word. Um, people with disabilities, like mm-hmm. that was an abstract thing, right? You pass someone, it's all the people we now describe. Made you uncomfortable. Yeah. It's all the people we describe who uh, have interesting, uh, fun experiences with us <laughs> on the receiving end. But like, I would be that guy who might mm-hmm. just say something snarky or just not have a clue what I'm saying, or I just avoid glad that's not me. Like God uses people in our lives. God's using Jack's disability. When you have a kid with uh, special needs, it's hard to not love mm-hmm. people with special needs. It's hard to not yeah. love people like your own child in a non-elegant way. I'm saying God has used Jack to at least change my heart mm-hmm. towards people who are vastly different than me. Right. And he's done it in a way that's like, kind of obvious mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. i'm just gonna i'm gonna give you a kid mm-hmm. with a, a lot of uh, medical needs mm-hmm. and um guess what you actually love him <laughs> right you know what mm-hmm. you can love a lot of other people too mm-hmm. so that's been a, a personal thing we've ri- witnessed yeah I'm, i i could probably talk for a really long time so basically in the beginning um when we had jack we didn't know when he was born what is just like he had any disability at all we went home a day early from the hospital and everything seemed fine and we ended up having to go to hearing testing though and when he was one month old that's when we found out he was profoundly deaf and that kind of like kicked things off to like oh something's not right you know, that was a big thing to handle. Like, okay, we have a deaf kid. Okay. That's a big thing. Mm. Um, and then as it progressed, like I could tell like his muscles, like there's something going on and he was like not meeting his milestones. And I just began to have that pit in my stomach and I started, you know, worst case and like, you know, and so we started then this journey of like going to doctor's appointments and tests and we were 
literally testing for things with life expectancies of like one or two years. And like, Mm -hmm. that was like a real possibility. And I would be holding my baby and I would just cry and I would pray over him. And I would just pray that like God would heal him. Like Jesus healed so many people who were Mm -hmm. disabled and I just wanted him. I wanted to know that he was okay. And I would say that like year, that first year was like the hardest year of my life. And at the same time, I feel like my relationship with God just like blew up in this really positive way of like I learned what it looked like when all I had to trust in was him. I feel like Jesus kept me from going crazy because so many parents do. I mean, it's 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 a very difficult path to walk. And and so I would literally like with a mantra would would recite like, God, you are good. And you are in control. You are good and you are in control. And I would just cling to those truths and just knowing that there was something true and constant that I could hold on to. Like everything was just unknown. And um, I was also clinging to the fact that, okay, God, like my child might not live, but you, you are good. And that I know that you will restore like his body and mind one day and like whatever he's experiencing, we're experiencing here like for a time. And mm-hmm. so just the idea of like eternity and that like this wasn't it was just like this huge thing. And so I would just say like my faith like just really changed during that time. Yeah, because it became kind of necessary for me to just keep going and yeah, not lose it. Um, <laughs> so there's some, yeah, some hard days, but, uh, yeah, I witnessed so many miracles too. I've witnessed so many things where, for example, um, one, one night we were in the middle of nowhere in Missouri and at my family's farm and I just woke up in the middle of the night and I woke up and I just knew to go over to Jack and I go over to Jack and I look at him and all of a sudden he starts having this really bad full body seizure and he had never had one of those before. And talking to the doctor afterwards, I was like, you know, okay, what if this happens again? Like, is there a monitor? What can we do? And she's like, no, you know, there's no monitor. There's nothing you can buy. She's like, we can't explain it, but something always wakes the parents up. Mm-hmm. They just know. And I'm like, well, that's wow. clearly God. <laughs> and she she just looked at me, but like, yeah, I could tell you so many stories like that, but just where I can see like God like intervened and like saved Jack or like kept like, yeah, from, from those kind of things that like I feel like that also has just like increased my faith in this huge way of like knowing God's power and that like I can go to sleep at night and like one of my friends can't sleep because she's worried her son's gonna have a you know seizure stop breathing or something there at night and she's so paranoid and I realize like why I can sleep well is because like I know ultimately he's God's child and like he's protecting him and watching over him and like not in a neglectful way but like a um I can have like that peace which like I realize is different yeah so to this the the peace that I've experienced despite all of this I've never felt my whole life, which is clearly like from God, because like I shouldn't feel this calm and peaceful when I never sleep and have all these crazy medical emergencies for fighting all the time. But I just feel like this supernatural peace and calmness in the Lord. Yeah, it's just remarkable because God does thousands of things that we don't even see with like the circumstances he puts us in, the families he gives us the people he puts in our lives. 
I think that's a really challenging question. So yeah. you answered it really, because I, if someone's like, you know, what, what's God doing in your life with all the circumstances you've been given? Yeah. I'd be like, oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't actually know. You know like, and that's so, what's cool. Jack has made it very tangible for us. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I would, I would say actually it's almost pushing the easy button. Jack, because we're... It, it's so disruptive to everything. Yeah. yeah it's the, like a forcing function. There was us. our life before and there's mm-hmm. our life in the, now and we can like easily articulate things that have changed. We we've had multiple years in our belt, so we can articulate right. how it's like changed for the better. Mm-hmm. But that's after you know, long journeys right. that aren't the easiest. Right. You're right. Like six years ago, I probably have been like, oh, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. like- yeah, yeah. Nobody, no one's writing a book or doing a podcast like as they walk out of a doctor's office with a diagnosis yeah. of, of any kind. It's Yet it's like stepping back, looking back, looking like, wow, like God has held on to me and mm-hmm. I've held on to God yeah. and he's good. He's taught me to love. And those that's like tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. But I know that much at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's enough to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing I think that's interesting about you guys you also lead a missional community. Yes. <laughs> How long have you been leading a missional community? Six years. Six years. I think six You've years. You've been a part of small communities, missional communities yeah. for 12 longer. Years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. But so, no, but I, I, I guess six years. Yeah. So then with the timeline there, yeah. you were leading a community and then Jack was born. Yeah. And yet you're still leading a community. We are. We are still leading. I know. <laughs> So because of Jack, like our life is messy and it's not perfect. And so we can very quickly show people like, oh, we're inviting you in and we don't have all the answers and we're messy too. And like, it's okay if our house is messy or, you know, these things happen. Like that's not what like community and family is. It's like bringing people Mm -hmm. in to like the hard messy and like Jack kind of allows us to do that like a lot. And Mm -hmm. so I think, you know, it's, it's just being vulnerable in a big way and like, being okay of like letting people see that. And that takes the pressure off us of like, we don't have to have it all figured out or like mm-hmm. have this perfect thing that we're having to put on. It takes all that like burden off of us. Yeah. So we can do it on lack of sleep and lack of energy. We're not heavy lifting yet. Building on what Katie was saying, like it's, it's abundantly obvious to people who come into our house and spend any significant time with us, like longer than, 30 seconds that we don't have our stuff together for our missional community that resounds in ways like you can't necessarily be, uh, you know, a fly on the wall in our missional community. You can't just sit there and expect to be like taught a bunch of stuff from these like super learned, uh, well put together people. Mm -hmm. It's like, now come in and be a part of my life. I'm going to show you that I'm broken Mm -hmm. and, uh, I don't have it together. And you know what though? There's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. And God's got it together. We, right. we can all have hope. And we offer people to like, what we do though is like, we're like, okay, you, you're always welcome in our home. And we try to be super open door. And so like, I think a gift is just like letting people like just hang with us when we're just doing normal, boring mm-hmm. family stuff or like, 
Um, our, our group though is amazing and that like they embrace Jack so much. We have a special needs teacher in our group. We have someone who like grew up with mom with a special needs teacher. We had another special needs teacher at one point and we just, we've, we've had all these people, people who have, you know, family members who Mm -hmm. have special needs, these people who God is keeps bringing us these people who like love. It's just cool to see them like, Oh, like taking care of Jack's feedings or we've had our MC like even watch Jack overnight and for weekends, which like is really intimidating. Um, and they like just jump in, which is incredible that like God has like provided like this, these people. Yeah. What we can offer is like family and belonging. And, you know, I think a big thing is just, you realize you have more time and love to give, um, but it's just not putting it in a box, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know I've seen, like, we've had prayer nights when Jack was having really bad health problems. It was really scary. And they'd all, like, put hands on Jack and pray for him. And just seeing how, like, they've gotten to come into our journey. And, like, mm-hmm. then we're not also isolated and alone right. in it. And, like, I feel like I can, we can be very real with them. Mm-hmm. It's been really cool. So, like, all things. Like, if if it's what God's call, you know, asking you to do, like, we're just relying on him for all of this. Like he miraculously gives me the energy on our MC day. Or, you know, like it, it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of just like having to rely on him and not our own strength, which is what we're supposed to do anyway. So right. um, we get that opportunity and it's very obvious. Cause I'm like, Oh, I slept for two hours. I don't know why <laughs> I should have the energy to cook for 10 people tonight and do a game night, but Hey, I'm here and I actually feel pretty good. So this must be from God. So <laughs> It's very clear a lot. Yeah. And you do. You're always tired, but you like rally. And and we also, we ask people to step up. We like to think we're all leaders. We just mm-hmm. uh, haven't maybe been trained or mm-hmm. um, found the right circumstance. So your natural trait uh, thrives. Right. Uh, so like we're walking through a Bible, a book of the Bible right now. And each week, someone, anyone can volunteer to lead the yeah. chapter or the two chapters or whatever it is, people can step up and, and lead us through mm-hmm. discussion. We can be open about our needs too. And yeah, we we'll need help. It's okay to need help. Which I think is a big piece. Like you said, Mito and I always joke that like, it takes you somewhere between like two seconds and eight months to find out that people are a mess and to find out like what their mess is. Yeah. The eight months is like the longest. There was this one couple they're around for like eight months. We're like, there's something, yeah. there's something wrong with them. We just don't know yet. Yeah. And then what we did, we're like, oh, this is so crazy. But uh, <laughs> eight months is the record. But I think that to engage in any sort of meaningful community, you have to make that as little as possible. Yeah. You know, like just, shortest, like, yeah. yeah, let's just do it. Like, well, in LA, these people live here. Yeah. So for such short amount of time, I'm like, look, we don't have a lot of time to like get to know each other. Like, let's just do this because you're <laughs> yeah. probably going to move in six months. So right. like, let's just be real friends. Yeah. And like, like, I think most people find it refreshing. There's only some people are like, oh, no, I don't. I like, I don't want that. Yeah. Uh, but usually people are like kind of relieved. That is another piece of being uh, national community leaders that we've started to actually love after hating it, maybe going through seasons mm-hmm. is the fact that there is turnover here right. where we live. We're now the old people, I guess, mm-hmm. being 12 years into the, to the region. So we've seen a lot of turnover. Um, there's a lot down 
uh, close to where we live, there is a lot of uh, military community, and so they're forced to leave. Right. Um, but then also it's just expensive. So yeah. um, there are so many baby showers slash going away parties. And right. Whatever. As soon as you have a baby, we're <laughs> like, oh, all right, it's oh, nice oh, knowing you. Oh, okay, so you're not going to be here anymore. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's always yeah. yeah. Whenever you're like, congratulations, and goodbye. goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, the fact that you have community though that feels like family. You're very far from your biological family, yes. like half a country away. Yeah, one of my best friends uh, grew up in a special needs family, and one of the things that that I experienced just being friends of this family was how they always just like made this choice of no, we're just gonna have a ton of people in our house because God's called us to it, but also like we need the church. I think that's often a pretty quick, easy thing is to be like, no, I don't want anyone to see our mess. I don't want to see, mm-hmm. I don't want to seem that kind of needy or nobody else could get it and understand it. And that you're taking the kind of the risk of like, can you love me and my family? Yeah. Love both my boys love this place with me i think that's pretty bold when i was like struggling with like oh i can't be in dna because i can't listen to your problems because i'm dealing you know like it's hard to but um i know i felt really convicted because you look at like how how jesus is and like he Mm -hmm. was so empathetic and he was a good listener and he was god it's not a competition you know yeah Working back to when I was talking about God changing me to actually like love people with special needs. It, it's not like I just go and find like kids in wheelchairs and just start like <laughs> slobbering all over them because I love them so. Yeah. It, it's more God has shown me everyone mm-hmm. needs lots of things right. and uh, everyone's just as uniquely mm-hmm. <laughs> qualified to to be listened to and be pointed back to God is like, oh, I hear what you're saying. Like mm-hmm. whatever that is, is, is that something? Yeah. We may trivialize. We may think like, you don't know, right. <laughs> you don't know what yeah, hurt like, is. Our, your but, patience for that. Yeah. Happens. My patience for the, our patience for that has grown yeah. tremendously. So, mm-hmm. cause we don't really know. It may yeah. sound like a trivial matter to us. Right. If someone's just breaking down, talking about what a bad day they had because someone cut them off in traffic. Right. Whatever, but yeah. like really there's probably yeah. layers to that that totally. uh, if we spent more time and we were intentional with that person we'd probably learn and and uh, and one thing we're we are trying so we have our missional community and we're trying to build up our relationship with community in the in the special needs community and so like with other families with mm-hmm. kids with special needs and that's hard because there are people who are tapped out and stuff but um just seeing the like having a few people that we can connect with and be like, Oh no, we can't have that conversation about like our kid almost dying. And like, we mm-hmm. can actually really talk about it. Cause we, your kid almost died last week and like we're right. on the same page. But then the negative too is we've known a lot of kids who died mm-hmm. and it's just a hard community to run in. And like, just really, yeah. you're like really dealing with the reality of like, Oh, like these kids have an expiration date of like, this is yeah. Like with these degenerative things that like, right. it's just kind of, okay, I have to really rely on you, Jesus, because, like, I, this is too painful and too mm-hmm. hard to love these people that, um, and watch this. So that's, like, too, is, like, man, this, like, there's, like, a cost with this community of, like, having to deal with that. Um, right. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so how do you do that? Like, as a, yeah, as a family, because of 
yeah, like the, the classrooms that Jack is in, yeah. right? And yeah, medical appointments and all of that. Like you're brought into this community. Yeah. I guess you could totally shut it out, but like God's given you eyes to see people and yeah. care for them. How do you live on mission there? Earlier you talked about it being isolating and mm-hmm. a lot of that is maybe you're sitting in the hospital uh, for nights on end feeling like you are isolated, but one way we can actually notice like, Oh wait, there's a whole bunch of nurses in here. There's a whole bunch of supporting staff. There's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of people we can have very meaningful yeah. conversations with like, like I know thinking, the hospital staff very well. Yeah. <laughs> you show up to the ER. They're, they're like, like, Oh, did oh, you yeah. cut your hair? They go, did you cut your hair? And I'm like, Oh, crap that's not good they they know what i cut my hair but yeah they know him by name it's, and, uh, it's good to see you too oh i know yeah. you like a little bit of cream no no but it but yeah but like intentionally trying to build relationships, and then even us encouraging nurses caregivers right? like, and the teachers caregivers the, the teachers we've yeah. thrown parties for some for um jack's yeah. teachers and just we use like, our mission community to provide like flowers and cards and write notes to all the like staff and try to like encourage them because it's hard. They don't get paid enough at all. And they're the ones in the trenches too, really working with these kids. And they're amazing people right. who are like totally not recognized. Like they're not naturally very exuberant or um, just outgoingly friendly. Yeah. Um, but like, whenever I'm dropping. <laughs> Right, dropping Jack off at school, right? Like I, yeah. I try, I I remind myself going in, like yeah, no, I can't, I can't just be like the strung out dad, or maybe I shouldn't be the strung out dad. You know, if that's <laughs> even what I feel, you can be the strung out yeah. dad plus plus <laughs> strung out dad plus. I want to remind you, hey, look you in the eye mm-hmm. and say thank you so much for what you're doing. You made a student nurse cry at the hospital because you were like thanking her for her profession mm-hmm. and stuff, and she started crying yeah. and really. Yeah, like just really not taking for granted. And then I think too, like for me, it's one easy thing is I get asked a lot, like, how are you like not hallucinating? How are you still standing? Or how do you, I get to let, I just couldn't do it. Or how do you do it? And that's like an easy kind of in on like, well, I don't, but like Jesus carries me. And like, anyway, it's like a good kind of in. And yeah, and I, I, I see that I wish we could, have more opportunity because this again this community the hope of jesus and the hope of eternal life is very real for these people like we're dealing with these pretty intense like is my kid gonna live issues and so people that like need so i we feel the like intensity of like wow we really want them to hear the hope of the gospel Mm -hmm. and uh yeah wanting to to do that but it's a long game too but yeah the I think that kind of has given us like it, it gives me like an easier in of like, I just don't, you know, when people try to understand like, how does your life work? <laughs> right. <laughs> don't get it. Yeah. Several of the pretty faithful listeners. And I would just like assume a lot more are dealing with finding out their children being diagnosed with behavioral, social, physical mm-hmm. handicaps, disabilities. One in four people have a disability right. at this point. Right. That's what they're saying. Which is... A lot. A lot, yeah. You, yeah. And so, you know, I think about our our church. We mm-hmm. have, like, 20 children. That statistic holds up quite mm-hmm. well, Yeah, I would say. Yeah. And so, I guess, what would you say to, like, those families that... Because I think there's a lot of discouragement. I want to be, like, in the church. I want to be in the body. I want to be, yeah. like, useful in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. It feels like 
this is all I can handle. Mm-hmm. And so I guess one is like, how is it in your lives kind of share so much of like what God's given you that's more than you can handle mm-hmm. is actually what God wants to do yeah. in you for the kingdom. But I don't know, what, what yeah. would you say to those, those parents? You got a, a kid who has some diagnosis, some mm-hmm. something that's atypical and and makes life different, makes life harder mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. You're struggling through that. I think bringing intentionally bringing your family and your mess into a church. Mm-hmm. Think, think about it from the perspective of the gift you're giving the church to, to get to see something different, Mm -hmm. see God's kingdom look off from what they Mm -hmm. may have uh, grown up with. Although you say one in four, one in four people has some kind of disability or some high statistic, right? But, but you're allowing the church to, to love you. Mm -hmm. You're allowing, so this is the the expansion of, of me now, forcefully loving Jack. Mm-hmm. I love him. He is my kid. It's right. like, well, you know, my friend's got a kid. I love my friend. The kid's mm-hmm. got problems, special needs, whatever you're going to call it. I, you know, and I get to mm-hmm. spend time with them. I'm learning through that. I'm seeing that everything's not this, uh, painted, uh, joyous, uh, American nuclear dream, mm-hmm. nuclear mm-hmm. family. Yeah. It's like, we get stared a lot. Like people stare at us a lot when we're out because mm-hmm. then our older son was like finally like mom like people really stare at us and I was like don't you think it's just because we're so attractive <laughs> and I'm yes, like it's because we're so good looking right and he just looked at me and goes mom it's because Jack's in a wheelchair I'm pretty sure that's it I was like oh yeah, yeah. I guess you're right he kind of rolled his eyes but yeah like right <laughs> you're not just this like oh poster um, but you know what's cool is too because we're not like that. I do have, I mean, I think it's cool. Strangers will come up to me and tell me their deep, serious, like vulnerable thing. Like people will tell me mm-hmm. the craziest stuff that I don't know just because seeing Jack, like it just like moves people. I feel like you kind of weed out the phonies quickly because like mm-hmm. people are like, oh, like, all right, we have a kid here and he's clearly medically fragile. Like let's, let's get real. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part is cool, especially in LA. I, I know in the beginning... Because I would go to church and first off, I would just go to church and I would cry every Sunday. I just, I feel like it was like, I would get there and just everything was bottling up in the week. And I'm like, I'm just the girl who cries every Mm. Sunday. And so I'm like, I don't know if I want to go. It's like too much feelings, right? I just kind of have like, kind of like press in and keep leaning into it and just know like, God, like you're like, this is uncomfortable. Like this is where the work's going to happen. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not just supposed to like avoid, this is like, this is, you know, it's going to be hard, but like, this is going to get good. Yeah. And just seeing like that I can have, we can have no, I have no fear. And like, I can just really like trust that like Jack's in God's hand that like Mm -hmm. that work. But um, yeah, so I would say bringing the church in, it's, it's great. Like people, Jack brings people so much joy. I've had so many people say like, you know what? Like I just experienced God in a different way by watching him and like just seeing how like, cause Jack's made in the image of God too. And like, he can reflect God and um, just who he is. And so I feel like 
we've had so many people be like, I see different facets of God just by being around mm-hmm. Jack. And you're like, he can be a little evangelist too. We've been told that, that we get a, to share him. That yeah. he's a better evangelist than I am. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking. Probably, right? Yeah. Pro- yeah. And he's nonverbal, you know? Yeah. Um, you can't talk. But like, well, we had um, a person in, in our life who, who, who is cared for Jack and like, We've heard, you know, and we, we've just hear like that, like, yeah, like he, even though we can't talk, like he's made her experience God in a way that she never had. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, that's incredible. So yeah, I would say these special people are a gift to the world. And mm-hmm. so don't like keep them hidden or away because um, I do think what's also really awesome is that because Jack goes to Sunday school every Sunday and we have amazing teachers who are not like freaked out or like nervous um, or they don't mm-hmm. tell me. Uh, the kids in our, our church are used to wheelchairs. Like they see wheelchairs now and they're not freaked out by the difference. Cause I think so much of it is the fear of the unknown because you're like, there's moving part. Like, what is this? This looks intimidating, but once you're around it and you can like see, and we're, we, we try to like talk to the kids and let them touch it and see, like they are all so comfortable with it now. And that's something they'll carry with them their whole lives. And so I see it as like a huge opportunity to like influence them so that like they're not scared and they can go on and bring them wherever they go. Kids do tend to get comfortable with Jack way faster than yeah. kids do. Oh, yeah. Like we'll be oh. out at a, at a soccer game and yeah. older brothers, you know, a teammate asks him, Oh, is that your, your brother? Max yeah. says there's nothing wrong with him. He just has special needs and then moves on. Yeah. yeah. Max is great. And then they're like, yeah. there's a bird and the, the kids run off like Squirrel. no yeah. problem. And then, okay. uh, yeah, totally. kids don't have all the baggage. So we're like, if we can get to kids, then they will be adults that will be. But, um, so yeah, I think it's like, you have to get, just get past that and mm-hmm. you're going to go crazy if you isolate yourself. Like we're not made to yeah. live in isolation. And yeah, the families who, yeah, I kind of like walk out of the office and hear about like behavioral diagnosis or like their child can't handle being a huge party yeah. and then figuring out like ways to integrate, to integrate their lives. Yeah. yeah. I think the church needs to be flexible too. And now that like these people, they're not like a, oh, well we can just ignore, they don't have to, you know, like, no, like they're a part of it and we got to figure out how, like, you're right. Like if you are on the autism spectrum and you have trouble with that, like, I know, but it's hard. It just takes more resources and uh, like goes into churches more than like Sunday morning. We yeah. sit with our uh, arms crossed and listen yeah. to someone yeah. speak and we're Jack, perfectly behaved. Jack might have outbursts and be like, ah, yeah. and it's like, okay, whatever. Like Wait, yeah. who cares? Like no, the, he's the church is actually the people and yeah. we do lots of things. Mm-hmm. And, and I will sitting. say, yeah. Two about the isolation. So the divorce rate for special needs couples is in the high 80%. Yeah. It's like almost 90%. And so especially as, as yeah. a couple, you need people to come alongside you because the divorce rate is insane because of the stress that you take right. on. And so having DNA, having these opportunities to like uh, have people be like, oh, how's your marriage going? Like you need mm-hmm. that because it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's Oh, that's such good stuff. And I think that's good encouragement too for the entire church. <laughs> yeah. And I, I had never thought about that. Like with our church, like, oh, like my kids just think, I don't know. They're like desensitized to, yeah. to a wheelchair or. Yeah. And that's like beautiful because a is. lot of kids don't get to be around. Yeah. And like the, our MC, we have a lot of little girls and call him like Jack's girlfriends because I love Jack and they climb on his wheelchair and come up and give him kisses yeah. and he just thinks it's like the best thing ever <laughs> and it's like they're not afraid yeah, yeah. 
It's so cool. But yeah, I know. It's just. I also can't wait until we take Jack out of the wheelchair because then it's their turn. I like to go for rides. (laughs) That is, I hear that a lot. It's like, mom, it's like, or dad, it's like so cool. Like, Max gets to like wheel his brother around really fast. I know. I want them to bond. And I'm always on the board of like, oh, do I intervene? Is it going to end badly? I'm like, oh, but I want them to bond. I'm like, oh, so fast. Yeah, I know. But Jack like thinks it's great. I mean, even that picture, kids get hurt. And like you were saying, like, if church is more, then like we're welcoming people into more than just like, oh, how do we how do we deal with these kids for 45 minutes or an hour on a Sunday? And it becomes how do we include an entire family? How do we see the gospel Mm -hmm. in all of this suffering and trials and the late nights and early mornings? And how do we come to one another with our own mess, our own brokenness. Like it's, yeah. uh, it really is hopeful. And I think I can see how if church just really is Sunday morning, that'd be so sad, sad and isolating. It's like, I don't really want to go to this huge yeah. group of people that's going to, and yeah. all these new people that are just going to stare at me and wonder and ask and then yeah. drop them off with childcare people that are like, oh, I don't know if I can handle your son. Yeah, yeah that's. That's you, a, you end up regurgitating the same story over right. and over again. Yeah, and, and you're like, yeah, not not really like people. connecting. And, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then to be to be known as just like a family, as yeah, Andrew and Katie. And that's what boils down to is we're just a family. Like we have all the normal family stuff. We do the normal family stuff, and like we look different, but. We're, we have movie nights and we go on trips and we, mm-hmm. you know, we play laser tag and have Nerf Wars and we have friends over and we go, you know, like we still are yeah. just a family. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. there's no such thing as normal. No one's normal. No one's normal. This is normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for joining the podcast and sharing. Oh, thanks, Brad. Today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort, and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1,000 people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.